at the next point where a person needs to be knocked. Where a person needs to work on the fact that it's an area where he's cleaning. And clean means that he not just he doesn't do things wrong, but more than that. It's an area where he's uh, worked on himself so he doesn't have the temptation to do the wrong thing. That's he talks about Ulam when it comes to making a shvah. Oath? An oath. Or a promise. That's really a very strong man this is to show him. And that is anybody who is not, not one of the Hediatis is very careful in this area. And don't take Hashem's name for nothing. And it's interesting, it's something where we see clearly, if you look at the in different periods of time, the world's gotten better about. And we're talking about, if you've seen Shari Chiva for Ben Yedin, for example, and he talks about things which people in his dar were neutral and often, he brings to us as an example of things which people will often naturally um, You see here that Mr. Sharm, a few days later on, says that Minastam, when this person's a head yet, he's, he's going to be careful with us, which means it was less prevalent already, and for sure when it comes to today. Um, and people do a lot of other things wrong, but when it comes to making shuas for Shem Hashem, there isn't a, in a list of the most immediate things you have to deal with. We're less, less natural on that. Now, and therefore he says, a person's careful not to make Shem in the Batalion, Kajra came to Shvah, which is much worse, Shvah, which is taking Shem's name in the Shvah, the Shekhar. So it's not just saying Shem's name for nothing, it's, it's, it's basically at being a Zalzal in Shem's name. What would that sound like even? What would be a Shem Hashem? Yeah, like the Batalion. What, what would that even sound like? What would someone say? They're having an argument and he says, I. I so there's two kinds of shvuah Hashem, the Gemara says. The one is what, about what was going to be, the future, or the other is about what was in the past. So if a person says, As I promise B'Shem Hashem we're going to do this, but this is how much I really show going to do it. I'm telling you a story, you don't believe me. He said, I promise B'Shem Hashem that it happened. Is it maybe just because people are Mikatne Amona that they don't do that nowadays? Maybe. I don't know why not. I think people just don't care so much. But no, uh, they don't care what's, what's so bad about Ishma? You know, it's not just a shaker. Shaker is a problem. Shaker is a problem bad. So we would look with that What's so bad if a person adds Shemashem to the shaker? Right. It's not part of a common lingo. Today it's not. Yeah. I grew up, kids used to still say, I swear. If a person, I'm trying to tell you something, I'm telling you this is true, and you don't believe it. So I'm going to give you a marshal of how true it is what I'm saying. So I'm going to take something which is for sure true. I'm saying as much as you believe that, and this is as true as that. Right? That, that emphasizes what I'm saying. It's not just a matter of it's not just, it's not just a, I'm coming to exaggerate. It's as true as the other thing. And therefore, if I want to say something that, you know, you know how much I'm telling the MS, it's as true as Hashem. So that's the ultimate. So if I have to give an example of something which is for sure true, yeah. so then uh, that that would emphasize my point. But like the Rambam writes about Torah, if a person therefore is lying, then his be'etzim he was also b'shem b'shem, because then he's saying that what I'm saying is as true as Hashem, and this isn't true. And which is why the Rambam writes there were people used to nishba, when people used to swear, you know, the life of the king, and they were found to be lies. It was considered a murder. Because then it's like he was saying that uh, my, my, the, the emiss or the value I attached to the king is as little as I attached to my words, which I'm lying to you about. Which is why he explains 
It's such a serious thing to be mishpah to shame So he said, people don't do that. That's, and if, therefore, even though in that particular area, it isn't an area where people are nechshal anymore. But yes, oid is enough of time. She'apal bisha'enemi nachamurim yosef. They aren't as chamur because uh, they have the... They aren't in the category of a which is the worst option. A person is trying to work on being naki, should be careful of them. And what are these things? These are all the things the Gemara said, which are similar to a shvah, and that they match with a person's taking on a commitment. And if a person's taking on a commitment, then it's something which is, uh, which is, which again might not have the full severity of a shvah, but it should be binding. Therefore, a person should keep it. If a person says love, and what does love mean? No. Or hey means yes, it's like a shvur. Not just if he says once, yes or no. Ravi qualifies. If a person repeats something twice, it means that I'm not just saying it, I intend to do it. There's a certain affirmation of my intent by saying something twice. And therefore, repeating something two times. Uh, is is more of a commitment to do what I say I'm going to do, and uh, therefore it says that it might not be Hashem, Hashem, but it's still more of a commitment, uh, which is similar to a shvur, and that's the case. It's, it should be binding on a person. So if he says, "Are you going to do it?" So no, you sure? Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. That's like a shvur now. The person said it twice. They're not going to do something. It's a commitment. Or the other way around. The person <coughs> can do something twice. It's a commitment to do it. Okay, now I'm going to the in the which is a measure of liquid, but the Gemara explains it on Lashon Hain, which means yes. When a person says yes, he means yes. When a person says no, he means no. And then a person feels committed to keep his word. And if he says this is much less humble than the Shabbos Hashem, the Shabbos Hashem is a much more severe uh, expression. Therefore, it much, carries a much greater punishment. But like he says, always by the kiyos. The level of shvur is where it's for sefer tishma. As the pasuk says, by shvurs, yes, if you ask, whatever person says it's meant to do, and even for sure, if I said something with the shvur, and I made a commitment to, and I took to do something, and I made a promise I'm going to do it, of course I have to do it. But even without all the fanfare, without all the nishonos of promising and uh, saying b'shem Hashem, a commitment is a commitment. And therefore, if a person wants to be knocky in that area, a person has to make sure that whatever he says he's going to do, or not to do, he keeps what he keeps his word. Aren't all these avak lashonara, avak arayas, all these things that we had, um, isn't it all because you're you're actually doing, you're either actually doing the avera itself, or it's going to lead to the avera? Now this is the avera itself. Avera shechet means the person should avoid shechet. This is also an element of shechet. And what he's saying is, it's not just the element of shaker. It's it's uh, already touching on an, uh, a lack of sensitivity for the importance of what a person said. In other words, right. In other words, that's when I, a commitment's a commitment. And people don't feel committed to do what they say. I've heard this from people today, even Rosh Hashanah. It's a, it's a, you know, you can make a deal, you can talk to your phone, and it's yes, of course, whatever it is. And, what you mean? I have to do it because I said so. It's like, there's a certain lack of and people don't give importance. Like, so what's it's, it's not just nemanus. It's a lack of seriousness which I attach to what I say. And I'm not going to agree to do something, and then afterwards, oh, okay, I said it. It doesn't really matter. And it goes across the board. Uh, I mean, we've had cases of dinner 
of people who have engaged or wanted to marry their daughters and have been promised how much money it is to the future son in order to get married. And afterwards, when it comes to where's the money? Okay, yeah, I don't have the money. I'm sorry. But you promised. But you said, okay, I said, I want my daughter to get married. What would I do? If I wasn't going to give her anything, I would never marry her. And it comes from the same mistake. The people, Kiro, what I say doesn't count. It's like I said, oh. uh, So, uh, again, I'm for sure it's Adam to check it. We have it in the Gemara also. We have it in the Gemara also. It's not only just today. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, 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 right. But uh, the aside is, and that is that there's a certain lack of people I don't feel. A commitment to give a this. That's what he's saying with the kiyos. The hell of the kiyos is not just by a shvur, which is an absolute commitment. And I'm kiyos chas v'shalom. Hashem, if I lie about something I promised His name, I'm going to do. But even without to going to that extreme, if a person that commits to do something, I should feel committed to do it. And the fact that a person doesn't feel committed to do it is a lack of the kiyos. It means I don't take what I say as something which is which is mechayev, which is mechayev. That's why some people require that the money's already in an in a escrow before they let their son go out. Yeah, things like that. Well, the less I trust people, the more I'm going to try and do things in order to in order to ensure that I don't have to trust them because it's already... I remember, I remember doing this lesson with Hush once when Rabbi Oshar and moved from... when they moved into a new building with Ben, was a new building with Ben so, so I, I was the guy with the shoes, he gave me the job of giving out the seats in the best measures to accept the promise. I think they had 180 seats. In I think they had 180 seats in the Russian side of the best measures. And there were 300 people in the shoes. Right, that's much bigger. So, so, one of the conditions to get a seat in the best measures was the commitment to come on time for Sunday every day. Okay, so. Uh, so I thought it was like um, I meant you meant to sign now I meant to make them come out together come down with so Rosh is going to finish here as well this is a discussion here to give the seats in the best measures because there's not everybody and the decision was whoever commits himself to come at the time or how we know a person to commit himself which is possible a vote is a vote a person says I'm going to do yes to do so if you don't understand it you shouldn't be learning the dark the whole point of the Mishnah is like the Dorian is a word is a word. If you say something, it's a commitment. And if a person doesn't feel that they can keep their word, then it's, uh, yeah, they don't have that commitment to what they say. But that's what we're talking about in the case. In the case, the person says something, they have to make a commitment. There's a famous story in the very beginning of B'nai Brak, when the words wasn't as popular as it was today. They're much less from Jews around. And one day, the Chavetz Chaim went to Mincha. So he goes to go outside and try to bring people in uh, to make a communion. Okay, so it's five minutes, six minutes, it was taking time. And uh, well, a few months, the other person came in, a few months, the other person came in. And one of the people who was already there waiting for Mincha said to Chaznish, the master, you know, I came here ten minutes ago, we still have a minion, and I made a commitment to somebody that I would meet them at ten minutes' time. So even if we start with Chanea, I'm not going to be able to meet the person on time. What should I do? And Chazis, what's the question? A commitment is a commitment. If you have to meet the person, then go. But, uh, you, you can't, you can't uh, let down somebody who can commit yourself to. And that guy can get the dharma with a minion. I don't know if you've got a minion later on, I don't know. But you definitely let down the Chazis' minion. 
Uh, because you, by weight, you have to, if you have a commitment to commit to something. That, that's a certain level of a person feels achrais uh, to keep what I said. Achrais to keep what I said. The emissary is the Gemara Texas to a much higher level. So, so you tell us I'm going to call you back in a minute. The Gemara says it's a strong notion. The Gemara says if a person says things which he knows he's not going to keep, they train themselves to teach, teach to, to, to be silent. In other words, that they knew when they were saying something, I don't intend to do this. But that's a way to get me out of this, where am, the situation or the conversation, whatever it is. So people train themselves how to do that. Sometimes you have to training your kids also. And the Gemara says that of course a person should never let down a complaint to a child because they train them to learn too. Okay, so that's the side of the the kios for sheker. The kios for sheker is that a person uh, means what they say, and if I make a commitment, I'll keep the commitment. Um, now it's an interesting point. I'll tell you, it's actually uh, something I was wondering how much myself this week. The Gemara says there's an even higher level than that. Not just that a person is true to their word, but even to what they thought. The Gemara talks about the case of a person who is a bad neighbor, who has a clean heart. And the Gemara gives a story of Rav Safra. The Gemara gives a story of Rav Safra, of Safra that Rav Safra was selling merchandise, but he was really diving. And someone comes in and wants to buy, and he didn't realize the shop was diving, so he offers the price. And Rav Safra, uh, in his heart, well, agreed that's a good price, but he couldn't answer the guy because he was diving. And the person seeing it, Rav Safra, didn't answer, so he raised the price again and again. Eventually, Rav Safra finished, he was offering a much higher price than he had originally offered. And Rav Safra said, I'm saying to you for the first year, your first offer. Why? Because when he said the amount, I accepted it. And if that's the case, then it would be dishonest of me to ask you for more. Because I'd already agreed to sell for that price, and therefore it would be dishonest of me to ask for, to, to agree to what you're paying now. Now, not because I said anything, and I'll pay, technically I'll pay alakha. I, was, I never committed myself to the first price just because I thought I would accept it. On the contrary, the person is offering more, I'm allowed to take more. But the Gemara says, it's, uh, again, it's not this level of the kiosk, and the person is not completely honest, it's not completely honest. I accepted that the previous process, it's dishonest to take more. We had a shayla this week, and that is, that was a case was talking about Rav Safra's personal, you know, store, whatever he was selling. Let's say a person is acting on behalf of a tzach organization, or yeshiv, whatever it's going to be, something else. And somebody offers the price or something. The person thinks, yeah, you're good enough. I can accept that price. But he didn't say anything. The person offered more. Does, so then, if I would say to them, I'm sorry, I'm going back to my, what I originally agreed to take, but at the time I'm disservicing the stock because the person was willing to offer more than that. So is this deal of bad level only a deal when it comes to your personal money? Or is it deal of bad of you as acting as a guy, by you acting as the receiver? He's a shliach of an organization. Of an organization. So now who told you to be a tzaddik on the cheshmer of the organization? Can I tell you the tkuni Can the organization tell tell the person the tkuni shadrishkli? because they didn't know what was going to happen. We want you to get the best possible thing, so we don't care what you had in your heart. We want from you, you're our agent to get the best yeah, possible deal for us. The tkuni normally works on halachically on the basis of if I would have asked you, what would you have said? What well, well, can we learn from the base of Mekdash where they always took the higher price, whether it went up, went down, but, but, yeah, but yeah, 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 but then they never accepted, uh, there's no one to accept the lower price. The rule was that the, the price you work with is always the, the higher price. 
there's no one that accepted it. They were often. You're saying that even if they made up, let's say, when the price was like this and then the price went up or price so went down. No, no, because it's the same question. In other words, over there, but the, 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 the base point is we're always going to look for the, that the hektish doesn't lose from it. But now let's say hektish accepted a certain price or something, and now the, now whatever it was, someone else offered to bid for higher. Can we say, well, we hadn't committed ourselves yet, and we just thought we were going to accept the price? It's the same kind of question. Is it then a violation or something which will only affect the person on the, on the private capacity, or if I'm acting in the, uh, as a as a, a representative of of Shliach Mitzvah or, or Stark or whatever it's going to be, so they're sending a price. What you accept, what you accept it. Let's say I'm an agent of an individual. Let, let's leave Hektish out for a minute. Let's say I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm an agent of Mrs. Cohen to sell her house. And I, in my heart, I said, you know what, this guy's offer is good enough. So he's giving me 10 million. I think that's a fair price for her. And he says, you know what, I'll do 12 million. Ten, twelve million. So does he is he to his ten million offer that he agreed to? to, to That's a good question. Say so why do we have to get the hectic? So we can we ask this question as an agent of a private person? It's also a good question. But then then again, like I said, the story of the current strategy is what would you have said? And I'll just ask the Scott, had the guy said ten, I'll call them what he said to ten. And she said, What if we say up to ten? So you can tell us. So I, I I also thought I was going to accept ten. Now it's going for twelve. What do you want to? You know, you know, do you want to be honest to the original? Your, what you would have done, or do you want to push for more? You can't force somebody else to be a bad label. But the problem is when it comes to stalker, there isn't always someone to ask. So do we assume that the person is meant to get the higher price or the best they can, even if they thought they're not that's, that's a question. You I mean, how would you assume? You, you have to. You have to do this. No, you don't have to do it. It's a, it's a, it's a massive. Thing. And we said certainly kiss. That the person's uh, honest to themselves. What they said to do, they're going to do. So, so there's no meaning of putting something up for a bid, and just meaning from the beginning, whatever. That's fine because they haven't accepted anything. But I mean, I want it to go for a certain amount. If anything is less I'm than the amount, I want the highest amount. I want it to go for the most I can. And but if it doesn't reach the, the highest amount that you need. Right. So you cancel the... the yeah, cancel I'll, I'll the cancel it, but... And if it's going up, well, then I'm not accepting anything. I want to see where it gets to. Right, so that's okay. So that's okay. The beginning, I was... Right. Okay, so that's... The, anyway, so the point, again, to come back to the side, and that is the honesty in that a person feels obligated to keep his word. Because even if other people can't obligate him, but from himself, a word is a word. I said something, you have to keep it. And but even if it's not a, an oath... And even if it's not an oath, which is is much more humble. And as you said, most people are careful of shvur, so they avoid them altogether. Even if it's not as chomer as a shvur, nevertheless, it's a commitment. And it says false, or something also, which is a sickness which is very contagious. Why says it, Aga, is, uh, is very simple. It's because that's the justification for lying. He lied to me, so I lied to him. In other words, you said it's wrong to lie. No. Uh, like Yaakov Avinu told, no, like Rav, you know, he's going to lie to me, I'm going to lie to him. And therefore that becomes the justification to be dishonest to somebody else, because they're they dishonest to me. That's why I said, it's a Rav which is misfashed with Neyodam. It's contagious, it spreads. Because once one person lies, then forget it, I'm not going to play honest if you're going to lie to me, I'll do the same. Which isn't a good thing. But I'm a dragus for dragus Yeshba. Yeshba Adam Shem Nasim Mamash Rosh People who Mamash, they're professionals at lying. Experience. 
They make up absolute shaka. Either as a good conversation piece, or the people think that they're chachamim. Uh, because then it's just the person who manufactures shaka. In other words, tag is vagisabai. Their tongue plans or thinks what shaka they can speak in order to sound good or in order to sound interesting, whatever the case is. How is that, that their, their occupation? Like something a person uh, like works on. So here a person works on the shakr. And again, a different but the way that Mr. Shami is explaining the Kassashakrani is people who who manufacture shakr. They look to invent uh, non, non-true events or non-true stories, makes them look good. Or makes them look like a hobby, whatever the case is. And therefore, that's, uh, that's, that's one, one kind of shaker. And calls the word shaker. Can we focus on that for one second? Yeah. The, the, whether or not Mikhail Fneshkina? Altogether, why, why, why shaker and Mikhail Fneshkina? Yeah, why they want to afford So maybe we should talk about why, why, what's this kind of oil for Mikhail Fneshkina? So, in the Midas Vayadim, we spoke about this a lot. And that is, the Koyach a person has. I'm sorry, the Koyach a person has, particularly, the Mashachayim explained, but with his speech, is that he can create. Just like a Kodesh Rokha creates through speech, Hashem gave a person the ability to create through speech as well. And therefore, the way that a person can emulate Hashem the most is by just is by uh, using his speech so to speak creatively constructively because in minutes which a person overcomes is made of anger is made of time is made of laziness it doesn't really apply to Hashem there's a body-based minutes but where a person can be more similar to Hashem is in the minutes of which refer to Dibur because in that way a person by being given the ability to speak is given a certain inner spiritual kayak which animals don't have and that way he can be similar to Hashem. And a person who uses Dibur constructively, therefore will become more, will become more similar to Hashem. And a person who uses Dibur destructively is going to distance himself from Hashem. And therefore we talked about the Arabic Kittas, there's the four different ways where a person can misuse Dibur. And the result of that is, is the tool which was given to you to become more like Hashem is doing it the opposite way. He's using it to, to distance himself from Hashem. That's the reason which means that uh, the result of the way that they use the Dibur is something which rather than utilizing the tool which can make a person similar to Hashem, they did the opposite of it. They, they, they used it uh, negatively. And therefore, they, 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 they're much more distant from Hashem. They aren't in Hashem's Mechitz at all. And therefore, he talks about, when he's talking about this, he said also, that the ultimate Shaka is a person who creates a reality of Shaka. It's not the person who denies something not to get punished. It's also Shaka, but it's a much lower level. The real shaker is a person who creates a whole world of shaker. He li- he's living in a false reality. And that's like what the Nisham says here. The person is going to make things up. He's going to create a reality which didn't exist in order to, to make himself look good, in order to uh, impress others, whatever the case is. You know, he's, he's putting himself into a world of shaker. And that's that's uh, the opposite of what the world's meant to be. Like we spoke about, the, the, when a person... Hashem creates a world with MS, like we know. A person speaks MS, then he's more similar to Hashem. 
When a person uses speech to create false reality, it's exactly the opposite. So then that puts him in a position where he's and we call that he's, he's very far from the Shkina. So that's the ultimate chapter. But nevertheless, it's also not a good level. There also, there also lies. That is, they don't tell things over accurately. They don't make up the whole thing from beginning to end. When they come to say something which actually did happen, but they, they say it over with a lot of added, added information, which isn't true. They'll add to the events as much chakra as they want. It becomes second nature to dress up the story by making by changing the facts. About them it says that people are dishonest, you can never believe them. In other words, even though the, the base story was true, but the facts have been so garbled with shaka, you never know what you can believe of the story, you can't believe of the story. A person who is in the nature of embellishing the details or changing the facts, even if he happens to be talking to the MS, no one believes him because they know that he has a tendency to to say things in a way which isn't accurate. What does Mechazbim mean? Exaggerate? Mechazbim is the lie. To be dishonest. Why? They've already gotten so used to uh, changing the, the details of the story that they aren't able to give you a completely straight account of events without uh, without changing it in some way. Plus they get stuck in their lie and can't just go back out of the lie. Right. But it affects everything that follows it. That's for sure true. If a person wants again to attract or being dishonest, so then everything else has to like, fit in with the dishonesty. Yeah. So it becomes much more difficult to maintain... Uh, like everything else is to, to connect to the, the yeah. This is talking about just uh, exaggerating to make the story sound better. Yes, this is even before, like we said, that it's, it's, he's, he's trying to cause someone else harm. It's just that he gets into the nature of lying. Like we said before, a person is taught himself how to lie. Have something which is corrupt, so that they've got tied with a corruption. And that is because they taught themselves to, to that. What's Neil? Uh, from the person, some of the person's tired of worried by. Now, the say in this case, in these two cases, is that it's, uh, when we talk about the four groups of people on the Kalpanash one of them was a Kat Shakarin. So it's, it's, it's somebody who, like his nature, his the definition is a lion. No, it's not that he lies once or whatever it might be. By nature, he's a lie. And that's something like this. Which means somebody who either invents things which never happened or somebody who or who presents things in a way which never happened. Which means they, they're living with Shaka. That they, they, they would rather say things in a way which makes us look better or sound more interesting, which is Shaka, than try and relate to them, as try and connect to them. And that's somebody who's living in, in, in that Shaka world. In other words, they don't try and portray things as they happened. There's a natural tendency they have to try and change the way things were in order to in order to make it sound better or in order to make it sound as something which is more complementary to themselves. And that uh, that's that's the that's the nature of a Balshak. Quick question. Yeah. What's this mean in and Mikablos Panayashina? We said before that a person who's gotten used to living in this world of Shaka, so that it, rather than using speech they're making closer to Hashem. 
which means to come up with the He gets further. He gets further away from Hashem. But, but it's, it's, it's terms, you know, Makabalist. Which means he wants Zaych in the future to be a Kalaf Neshkin. In in Olam Abba? Yeah. So it's like Enoi Chelek Lelavadu? No, it's a Chelek Lelavadu, but it's not a Kalaf Neshkin. There's a certain level in Olam Abba that brings a person to Hashem. That he wants that. Mm-hmm. That he wants that. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the first two levels we spoke about. And that is the nature of a person who, who looks to that, so to speak. Either outright now, which means make up things that never happened, or embellish what did happen in a way which which makes it different to the way it actually happened. And again, the person benefits from the procedure he gets or from the response he gets from make, from the way he's going to present what really happens. Okay, that's the, that's the first headache of Shaka. Mr. Slavita is going to talk about that there's more other levels of Shaka as well. But the side he's trying to get to is Nakias has to be Nakias from all these areas also. Now, it's not just from the most severe case, like I said before, which is the Isser of the Shaka, it's the most, the, the most serious form of lying. But any form of dishonesty, or being, I'm talking about something mania, I'm talking about dishonesty in what a person's keeping their words or what they say, that's also included in what a person needs to be knocky for. And embellishing, is 